to the show today, Mari. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. This is, uh, as I told you before the show, this is the first episode we've shot in this office, still putting together in our new house. So thanks for uh, bearing with us on that. I love it. I love the view and I'm getting a nice breeze right now. So this is ideal. This is a great spot. Awesome. Well, tell everyone out there on, on YouTube and Spotify and iTunes, all the listeners, viewers, uh, a little bit about your background and just the amazing start that I know you've had in real estate. Okay, so I'm 28. I'm born and raised in South Florida. My name is Mari Juliet. Um, I've lived here my whole life. I am super passionate about South Florida. Um, I started working after college as a sales rep in medical device sales. And I was, you know, pretty passionate about that, but I got my real estate license on the side just to have it. I would take night school and go after work uh, to get my real estate license just to help friends and family. Then I made you my way. Off then? Yeah, started off part time because I really was into medical sales. Like I did pharma sales in college. I did two internships in college uh, while working throughout that time. So I was always really focused on kind of getting ahead and putting myself ahead. So I did full-time pharmaceutical sales in my last semester of college and graduated. So then once I graduated, I was able to land a really good medical device sales job right away um, and then worked my way up to surgical sales. So in the interim, I got my real estate license, but I was still really focused on medical. I got a great surgical sales job offer, like incredible offer, amazing. I was you know, my husband and I were crying. We we're like so stoked wow. about it. And it was, you know, I was stoked. And then the company, you know, had a huge layoff, ended up not working out. So I was like, okay, I just quit my last job for this new job. Uh, and I have my real estate license. So the next day I just said, I'm going to take everything that I put into working my way up into medical sales into real estate and just see what happens. And that's what I did. I went door to door multiple times a week. I would be out in the Florida sun for six hours at a time and just trying door, to door knocking. <laughs> door knocking, passing out flyers. I didn't have any sales when I first started, obviously. So I put like a picture of my dog on a postcard with a little Halloween outfit. And I was like, selling your house doesn't have to be spooky. And I, <laughs> and I always kind of like wanted to lead with like a little bit of a quirkiness uh, just to relate with my clients. And I love working with people. So while I would be out and about, you know, passing out postcards, I would meet people in the streets, walking their dogs, stuff like that. And the first listing I ever had was 147,000. Uh, it was a referral from a friend and I was, you know, really stoked about it. Made my postcards, went, you know, passing them out. And someone actually stopped me in the street and they said, oh, I want to see it now. And they ended up buying it. So I represented both sides of the deal. I got another client from doing an open house there. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. Like I just kept organically growing that business. Uh, when I where, first- Where can you buy for 150 in South Florida? For 150? <laughs> uh, that was on Middle River Drive in Fort Lauderdale. It was a little condo. Now it would probably be worth more like 250, but um, you know, it in that time, you know, anything that I could get, I was just like, I'm just gonna put my 120% effort into. And I got so excited about each property and each closing that it just kind of snowballed and became a passion of mine. What uh, what was harder starting in medical and 
pharma sales or, or real estate? Definitely medical sales yeah. was harder because you have to really know your stuff and you have to do a lot of studying before you even get the job a lot of the time. So you're for months like studying the product, you know, making sure that you're on the ball, you're competing with other people that are at this like elite level. So it's an extremely competitive job and you're working with physicians. So doing that job, it definitely was, it got me out of my comfort zone. You know, sometimes in medical sales, I'd sit in my car for 20 minutes because I just had anxiety about talking to the people and stuff like that. And through practice, I ended up getting really good at it and worked my way up. But once I got into real estate, I was like, this is a lot easier than medical sales. And I'm able to connect with people more on a day-to-day basis, which I really love. Like every time I'm showing somebody a property or, you know, something like that, that's what I'm focused on is talking to the client and learning more about them and creating that relationship and that connection. It's an interesting comparison because with medical sales, you're, you're selling to highly sophisticated, educated people every time that are working on that piece of equipment, surgery, whatever, every day. Right. Whereas real estate, it's everyday people and it's a purchase they make once every five years. Right. Right. So, right. Exactly. Uh, you, you do probably have to be a lot more technically, you know, knowledgeable about about what you're doing. Yes. And, yeah. And probably a lot more competition, I'm guessing. or, or Right. Competition. And you have to have a college degree usually. So it, there is more of a competition there. But at the same time, when I first started real estate and I was doing mostly primary residences, I kind of had that thing in my head where I was like, how can I learn more? Like how, cause I like to learn. So how can I incorporate that into real estate? And that was through investing. So like in, through helping investors buy properties, fix and flip properties, off market properties, um, income producing properties. And that's how the Airbnb stuff started because I was seeing, you know, my clients that had are seasoned investors, they know what they're doing, but looking at the rates that they would get from annual renters versus Airbnb, I was kind of convincing them in that time when Airbnb was first getting really popular, like this is what you should be doing instead of these annual, you know, 8% cap rate properties. So 8% cap rates, where, where were these investors finding that? Cause that's, that's kind of hard to get these days. Like, like Grant Cardone just bought a bunch of buildings in Fort Lauderdale, like under 4%. <laughs> oh, wow. No. So, when I first started out, that was kind of always the criteria. Like they right. wanted in between seven to ten percent return, and on the multifamily properties, you know, in Pompano, there's certain pockets. Um, it's like I, smaller size ones, I'm guessing. Right, okay. exactly. So like duplexes, things like that. And because I am born and raised here, and did medical sales, my territory was all of Broward County and all of Palm Beach County. So it got me really familiar with the entire area here, you know, and then going into real estate. Now I know, okay, these are the pockets that are opportunity zones. These are the ones that are coming, going to be coming up in value that would be attractive to those clients that maybe are out of state and they don't know the area. So that's kind of what I've specialized in for the past five years. So did you, did you start with investors or more, you know, both. homeowners? Both? Yeah, both. So. It's funny when I was in, I did Gold Coast to get my licensing and the instructor said, you know, just in passing, he was like, it's great to work with investors because if, if you do a good job on the first deal, they'll buy, you know, several properties with you. And that always kind of stuck in my mind. So I was like, if I can really get clients a great return on the first buy, 
then that's building that trust and that's building a long-term relationship with a client. Because for me, real estate, you could do it till you're 105, you know? So it's a long game and that's why creating those relationships and making sure that I'm finding them a property that, and no one can guarantee anything, but I do the research in the area to make those projections for them to say, hey, this is a good buy and it's gonna come up in value. And the track record for what my clients have made is really good. They've made really good returns on their investments. So it's exciting to see that now and then coming back to me saying, let's do it again, let's do it again. And so that's kind of, <clears throat> but I do work with primary investments, I mean, primary residences all the time. So most of my listings are primary residences, um, but now the market is so, heavy with investors that want to buy Airbnbs. So they're buying those primary residences a lot. So you established multiple tracks. It seems like the investors, then Airbnbs. Where where did most of the primary homeowner business you got come from and, and or is coming from now? Uh, my sphere of influence. Um, <clears throat> again, I'm born and raised here. My husband calls me the mayor because I just talk to everybody. So. <laughs> I kind of, you know, have always been really shameless in giving out my business card, like to anybody I meet. If I'm at a diner and somebody's talking about real estate next to me, I'm like, how's it going? I'm a realtor, <laughs> you know? So I don't really have shame in my game there. So it has created a really good network for me down here locally. And then with social media, you know, sometimes I'll sell a house with a hashtag. Like I had a listing in Delray and I hashtagged Delray Beach. That was a couple of years ago. And that's how they found the property and then they bought the property. So I have these, you know, tools that I'm able to provide to the sellers where my marketing can reach a lot of people. And because it's geo-focused, uh, a lot of the local traffic comes and then it's even reaching nationally now. So I'm able to market it to not only the MLS, but everybody through social media, which helps me sell the properties a lot faster. So let's fast forward. You started off knocking on doors, started working with investors. Where is the business now? So the business now, so when I first started, I started from zero clients. So I was like every single client, you know, like it was not this many people at all. You know, it was very much, I've never paid for leads. I've never had like a lead system coming in or anything like that. Everything's organic. And that's still the way it is today, except now there's thousands of clients. So the reason why I started the brokerage was to service those clients because you know I'm one person, I can't take every single person, but we do help clients in a huge range of price. You know, We don't have like a, you have to pay this amount to work with us kind of thing. I wanna help everybody. And <clears throat> that's why I started the brokerage. So now I have 17 agents who work hand in hand with me with every client. So we work together on the leads. I'm always you know, on the phone with them, working with the deals, working with the clients, but just to make sure that they're always in contact, I have the agents help me with those leads. What are the challenges now, as opposed to when you, you started out? Because when you, you bring on you know, a dozen or more people like, right. like you have, right. now it's, it's not just you and your livelihood, it's, it's them counting yes. on you and that, that brings in a whole another set of challenges and opportunities. Absolutely. So I've always been very autonomous in medical sales and outside sales. You're on your own. You're in your car, your car's your office. So in my previous brokerage where I worked, that was my favorite part about it. Like I'm responsible for myself. I'm on point. Like I call my clients. If something's wrong and, it, and something goes wrong, it's on me and I know how to fix it, you know, but 
when you're employing other people to kind of represent you, it, it does come with challenges where you can't expect somebody to be exactly the way that you are and do things exactly how you would do them. So I do train the agents heavily like on the processes, on Airbnb, on how to find the right properties for the clients because that's number one is, is getting the clients what they're coming to me for, which is a great ROI. So that's where they're really, really heavily skilled. And, you know, managing that has been definitely the biggest change for me because, you know, being in charge of other people's business and other people's, you know, people have families and lives and all of those things. I mean, you as a business owner know, and you have employees, I'm sure. And it's definitely different from just taking care of your own stuff. So, but it creates opportunities because I see the growth, like the agents that really listen and they follow exactly what I'm saying, where it's like, do this and you will find the properties for the clients and get creative and be, you know, be the best. They kill it. Like they just take the opportunity and run with it. So the opportunity is there, you know, so it's really the go-getters and the self-starters that do well in real estate in general. So it's just finding those people that will dedicate how 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 are you finding and attracting those types of people and yeah. bringing them on? So mostly through social media. Um, a couple are like friend referrals, like people that live locally, but mostly through social media where I am getting maybe 30 DMs or emails a day asking to work here for the brokerage. In the very beginning, it was very like, you know, exciting because I had just opened the brokerage. I'm like, like all these people want to join. But at the end of the day, I have a standard with my clients that I have to uphold. So quality over quantity is always at the forefront of my brain when I'm hiring people. So I just always am very upfront with them. I'm like, this is a real job. It's not social media because people do see social media as like the fun, like side of it. But at the end of the day, we're all working really hard every single day, closing deals, like talking to clients constantly. And that's the reality that most people don't see. So I'm really, really clear with people now <laughs> on yeah, what the expectations are. A lot of it probably wouldn't be uplifting if, if, yeah. if, if you should you right. know, everything. The grind, <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. But at the end of the day, real estate is 24 seven. Like you have to work every weekend if you wanna be a top agent. And my goal for the brokerage is to have the top agents in Florida, so, you know, Everybody's on board with that, and the agents are are great. They uh, they preview properties all day long, so we know what's on the market constantly. We're ahead of the game. I'm always looking at off market deals for my clients, so that's how we're able to kind of represent both sides a lot of the time. Has, has the off market been uh, big for you the last couple of years? As supplies have you know been a yes. little. Yeah. A little uh, short of demand, to say the least. Especially this year, I've been doing a lot of off-market deals, and I love them. Um, some agents shy away from them because they can't put it on the MLS, you know. But I like it because I kind of feel like I have my own MLS on social and with the clients that I have and the buyers that I have. So how it works is a seller will call me, and they'll, you know, from a referral or they see me on social media. They're like, "Listen, I want to sell my house." for this amount, but I don't want to put it all over. I don't want to sign my yard. Like, I don't want my neighbors really knowing what's going on. Some people are just private. Right. And and the buyers like it because it's exclusive. So they're not 
fighting over over the listing from you know everybody on the MLS. So then I send it to the group, the team uh, of agents that I have that are representing all the clients, and then we put it under contract usually that day or the following day. And it's been really, really effective, um, and it's been it's been great. Like the sellers really love it. It's an easy process for them, and they know I'm able to sell the, the area really well, so I can get them the price that they're looking for, but also not have the buyer crazy overpay and out, have to outbid somebody. Where do, you, where do you think the market's going in the next year? Do you think the supply issue is gonna get solved anytime soon? Do you think we're gonna you know, keep going up in prices or is this a bubble that's gonna pop? Well, the interest rates are definitely going up and I am seeing the properties like sitting a little bit longer. Like they're not, it depends on the property. So the, the properties that are turnkey and they're furnished and they're done and they're ready for either a primary resident or an Airbnb investor, they're gone. That second, you gotta pay like over appraised value or waive the appraisal or waive an inspection, something. But the properties that need more work because a lot of the clients are people that are moving from out of state. So the last thing that a lot of people wanna do is move somewhere and then go out to apply for permits, deal with the building, all of that stuff. So in the renovations, so kind of where I'm leading my clients that are local is to jump on those opportunities so then they can use the resources that they have locally to renovate those properties for people out of state. But as far as the market itself in South Florida, I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. I would say at least the next three to five years, people are still gonna be in waves like coming down to South Florida to live here. Most people are still renting or airbnb to kind of like figure out where they wanna buy and where right. they wanna live in South Florida. So I don't think that this reshuffling phase is gonna end anytime soon. Yeah, I, I think the supply chain is gonna take a while to, to figure out. And a lot of builders, even though they're making money, they, they don't wanna do it anymore. They're right. doing less projects. and Exactly. So I think that's one part of it. So they know that down here like people are walking their dogs outside and they have a great quality of life that's always how it's been in south florida but i feel like florida used to get kind of like a bad rap and now it's like people are really understanding how nice it is to live here and they can jump in the ocean any time of year you know you can go to the beach on christmas it's it really is like paradise well, living here yeah if if it's easy to take for granted too, yes so yeah 100 percent. i i know that's one part of it um and, and I, I certainly did that for a while. You know, I grew up down here and then moved away and have, have come back. But I saw this crazy statistic the other day. Since the pandemic started, over 35 million people, it's probably gone up since then, have visited Florida. Wow. Uh, you know, Americans from other yeah. states. Uh, so that's that's one out of 10 people that don't live Florida have, have, have visited come, right. here in the last, you know, not even two years. It's <laughs> wild. I mean, every listing that I had prior to the pandemic was the people viewing them would be either local from New York or from New Jersey, pretty much all the time. Now it's nine out of 10 people are from California, from Texas, from, you know, from the West Coast that we've never really saw that influx before. So it's really interesting to see that change. Yeah, so I, I think it continues to go up. And then, you know, on that vein, 
you, you own multiple companies now, run multiple companies. One of them is Airbnb property management, right? Yes, and yes. That, and I'm guessing that kind of was born out of a need you probably saw from your clients? Exactly. So for the time that I was you know, an agent specializing in finding the Airbnbs and finding those properties, I would always refer that business out. I found a great property manager that we would talk about the rates and, you know, projections for properties and referring those clients out. You know, I did learn a lot about how to make those projections of, of what we think that a property will make, how to maximize the ROI on a property without spending a ton of money. Um, and I learned a lot in those years. I even, when I was pregnant, I had a client who bought several proper, properties with me and we had a great relationship and they were like, we want you to be our property manager. And at that time being pregnant, I was just like, I don't think this is something that I can take on on top of real estate. But it was always in the back of my mind, something that I was like, this is something that I should be doing and offering for my clients. And then as my clientele grew and you know, I had my son and everything. My husband and I were like, I think this is the time to, to fully take it on. And it's great because we're a one-stop shop for our clients. So they come to us, we help them buy a property. They know that we know what we're doing with Airbnb because we run and manage the Airbnbs. So then we're able to help them buy the property and manage the property for them if they need it. If they, some people manage it themselves, it's up to them, but it's really just a service that we want to provide for them to make it easier, especially if they're out of state. What, what have the challenges been in that, in that business? Cause that's, you know, there's a lot of interactions there, guests checking in and out and cleaners, contractors. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's definitely like, you know, I'm like taking out the trash and my husband's, you know, running over there and all of that stuff. So in the, you know, we've been running for a few months now, but in the very beginning, it was just us running it before we started <clears throat> hiring an employee to help. But it is a lot day to day. Like <clears throat> the benefit that a buyer has from using a management company is so huge because the guests are in constant contact. I need this. I need that and we're there to run and get it for them. Like we want to provide the best customer service. That's kind of just always the theme here, like is to provide that for our clients and for the Airbnb guests. So anything we can do to have the best service and increase that ROI for our clients, like it's so beneficial for them, but it is day to day. Like you've got to take care of the properties. You got to make sure they're maintained. If I know you know, sellers that don't use management companies and then they'll go and see the property in three months and they're like, what the hell happened, <laughs> you know? So you really wanna make sure that you have boots on the ground looking at your properties after the stays, making sure everything's maintained, nothing's lost or stolen, all of those things. Making sure people aren't having crazy parties and causing noise complaints. There's a lot that goes into it, especially with the city. What have you done to you said you hired an employee, which obviously helps, and you're doing, I think, 12 properties now? Yes, 12 right now. Wow. Are you using other systems to help automate part of the process? Yeah, so we, we have been interviewing with different platforms for a while now just to make sure that we pick the right one, but we finally nailed one down. So we are managing the properties so that we can put them on VRBO, we can book, have them booked directly. So the goal for me is to have the traffic that I get, you know, have people to book directly through my website 
so that they're not looking at a million Airbnbs. They're just looking at the ones that we right. provide. And then that creates, again, another incentive for our clients because they can up their ROI a little bit on that end too. So we do it on several platforms and then um, also marketing. So I'm going through the properties you know, on Instagram and TikTok to market those properties. And we actually do see that the guests that are staying there, a lot of them will say, hey, I follow you on TikTok or, you know, whatever. So I'm glad that that is working because that was, you know, the idea in mind. And now we're seeing the results of that and our return, our, you know, returns for the clients are really good. Those are just like tours or walkthroughs you do on, yeah. on TikTok, Instagram. Yeah, definitely. So when I first started real estate, that's kind of like what I would always do every time I would go see a property or um, you know, go on showings, I would take a little video. I just loved touring the houses and doing that. So that stays consistent with the marketing for the clients too. What's, what's been more challenging to grow and manage like that business or the, or the broker agent business? Um, it's, it's challenging in different ways because the thing about the property management side is that my husband and I own that together. So we're working on that together but my brokerage is completely my own and his law firm is completely his own. So with the brokerage side, I guess my, like uh, the struggles are more so that it's a completely new kind of concept. Like it's a, a totally new thing that I'm trying to create. So it's, there's struggles sometimes when you don't know if somebody can relate to you on those issues or when things go wrong. So what helps me with that is if I have friends that are business owners too, like we'll kind of like, you know, talk about those issues together or like, so then you know that somebody else is going through the same thing, like managing employees, stuff like that. Just the things that you, that you go through. But with my husband on the property management side, um, that has actually been cool because it's been such a team effort that it's cool to see like, his strengths working on the more detail oriented side, like he's an attorney, so he's very all about compliance and making sure everything is by the book. And then I'm more on the marketing front. So it's been cool to collaborate on that and kind of go through those issues together and be able to relate to each other on it. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's like our, it, we, when we're at home, I have to say, okay, this, hard, is the, hard to shut off, right? this is the time that we stop talking about work. And it's usually me that nonstop wants to talk about work. So I'm like making the boundary for myself. But yeah, that's kind of where there's struggles sometimes. But And the brokerage, I, I think I forgot to ask, but how many, how many deals volume did you, did you guys do last year? We did 31 million last year. And it's funny because, and I opened the brokerage five months ago. Um, so half of that year was just me working on my own business. Um, and it's crazy because I'm all about like manifestation and writing down your goals and being really like consistent with that because it helps me a lot. And I wrote down in January, 2021, I want to close 30 million by December, 2021. And then it's like 31, I calculated it yesterday. I was like 31 million. Like it's just crazy how if you really focus and, and you write down exactly what you want, like it's just, you obviously have to do the work, but it creates that focus for you. And it, it helps a lot to, to stay in the game and keep your eye on the ball. Well, it's, it's the first step I think in, in taking an idea in your head and taking action on it, right? You're, you're, it's going from idea, mental feeling to 
physical action, actually writing it down right. or, or making a vision board. So exactly. I, think it's, I know some people might think it sounds corny, but, yeah. it, but it works. I, yeah. I, I do it too. My, my, my wife does it. Carrie does it. I mean, it's, it works. <laughs> it definitely works. It's it, like you said, the vision board, like I just wrote on there, like Mari Juliet real estate, uh, and property management and wrote down like, you know, that I wanted to be the broker. And then like a couple months later, that's what happened. So it's like, if you can keep your focus and know what you want, it definitely helps those tools. Yeah. And I think I saw you post about that actually on TikTok and just if people are out there watching or listening and aren't on TikTok or Instagram or, you know, more just podcast people, you should definitely check uh, Mari out there because I mean, that's, that's a very powerful platform for you. Yes. Right? I mean, just like tell people a little bit about that just in case they yeah. kind of don't, haven't seen you there. Or, yeah, or definitely. Really I mean, I think you've got like half a million followers. Yes. If, if I'm yeah, I think like 460,000 followers on TikTok. So the reason I started TikTok, I was on Instagram for a while um, and, you know, posting about real estate, stuff like that, but more lifestyle because I like it to be kind of more fun for people. But I got into TikTok because I was like, I just kind of want to do something different and like more organic and fun um, and less curated, you know? So that kind of catapulted me to just talk about real estate tips, why you should move to South Florida, um, success tips. I remember my first TikTok ever was, I was like in a duplex that I was selling and TikTok wasn't popular then. So I was like, I don't know if this is a waste of my time, but I was like, it was like Sunday motivation or whatever. So I always just like wanted it to be a motivational platform for people to realize, okay, I can do this. I can do real estate or I can, you know, start my own business. It doesn't necessarily have to be real estate related. I just think, especially with women, it's hard to, unless you're seeing it in front of your face, sometimes it's hard to visualize that that stuff is possible. Like, when I see another woman being super successful and owning their own business, that says to me, like, I can do that as well. So kind of, you know, promoting that kind of positive content. And then of course, promoting listings for my clients, because at the end of the day, that's what I'm doing day to day. I'm not like a full-time influencer. I'm a full-time real estate broker. That's what I'm doing all the time. And it's funny because on TikTok, a lot of people will be like, she's, you know, just dancing and I wonder if her sellers are mad and blah, blah, blah. But usually they ask me, you know, can you do this marketing? Can you come do like, you know, five TikToks at my house kind of thing to it's sell part, it? It's part of the, the listing contract. Right, exactly. So it's become a fun, like creative way to incorporate being creative into my business. So that's why I love TikTok so much. It's like very organic and um, I like to connect with people on there. So it's been really cool. I love it. Well, they, they passed more... They passed Google last year. Wow, that's for amazing. Total website traffic. That's incredible. So Google Google had that ranking or whatever you want to call it for over a decade. Wow. Most you know, most visited website. And then last year, TikTok passed it. So of all the websites in the world, that's unbelievable. TikTok had the most it's unbelievable. And it's crazy because in the beginning people would, you know, even my sellers would be like, well, isn't everybody on TikTok like 16? You know, like how are you getting buyers from TikTok? Yeah, well, it's they have parents, A, <laughs> right, and, and exactly. B, they, exactly. they, they age up. Or, yeah, or older, it's a lot of people's parents, people parents that reach out. They're like, oh, my daughter follows you on TikTok and stuff like that. So it's cool to kind of like reach those different generations. And I really enjoy that part of it. 
for sure. And it's for the parents. I mean, it's probably better their daughters to see people like you on it rather than right. some of the other choices that have millions of followers. Yeah, so. I mean, I did get a call from one of my clients. They bought three Airbnbs with us this year. And he's like, I have two daughters and the fact that you have your own brokerage and like it's mostly women and you're empowering women, like I want them to work for you one day. Like that's where I would want, I would want them to look up to you kind of thing. So that feels great because, you know, that's the goal is to kind of show people there's other ways to, to be successful and, and you just have to be really consistent and work hard. And I'm never going to sell the idea that it's like, an easy thing for people to do either. Like, I feel like I kind of like more tough love and I'm not gonna be like, oh yeah, you just get to show up at a $6 million property and sell it right after you get your license. You know, it's like, no, I started from $150,000 listing and worked my way up. Like that if you really want a, a long-term career, you've got to put in the work for sure. Yeah, and that, I mean, obviously selling that client three or four homes must feel good, but to, to get that kind of call and be like, you know, my, my daughters are yeah. seeing this and it's it's a good influence on them and, and that, that must feel pretty good too. <laughs> yeah, it feels amazing. It's, it's definitely nice to hear those things and like all my clients kind of become my friends too. So we, we, especially with the property management, like we're managing their properties. So at the end of the day, when they close, we're not like sign our SEU, you know, whenever we're with, we're on the phone with them every day and, and all of that. So it's been really great to connect with that many people. And TikTok has been an amazing platform to get me to do that. Well, we're, we're having you, just in case you're watching uh, out there, we're, we're having you speak at our summit in Boca Raton, Florida, which we can almost see where it is here. Actually, the- um, Oh, the Addison. It's, it's close, yeah. But uh, that's February 1st and 2nd, so you'll be one of the speakers there. I'm sure you'll talk more about TikTok, Instagram, and just overall how you've grown your business. So if you're out there listening, you can go to hfasummit.com, and, and uh, hopefully there's tickets left for you so you can come see Mari, maybe meet her, and, and just learn, because it's, it's been amazing. So that's Boca Raton, uh, Florida, February 1st and 2nd, hfasummit.com. Uh, Mari, before we wrap up, I always like to do a hyper-fast round if you're ready for some rapid-fire questions okay. and answers. Okay, I gotta get a sip of coffee Yeah, first. get some get some energy <laughs> for some good old Starbucks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what's your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate agent? My biggest piece of advice is to focus on the client and their relationship with the client before the price point of what they're buying in. And focus more on your relationships and the money will come um for that long-term success what's a mistake you see successful real estate agents make using their ego too much in the deal like it can kill a lot of deals when the agents themselves can't like get along and at the end of the day you have to take a step back and be like this is for the client where we have the same goal in mind is to get a deal done so i will see agents sabotage deals because of their own actions kind of so yeah that's what i would say is the biggest mistake biggest piece of advice to a real estate investor right now okay my biggest piece of advice to a real estate investor is to okay my dream project to do with an investor is and i think it's the perfect time is to buy a multi-unit property like maybe eight to ten units even 20 units 
convert all of them into Airbnb units and rent them out as long as they're in a good location. That's going to be a cash cow for an investor mm -hmm. and um, the appreciation as long as you're buying in the right place and you're not buying in the place that's already at a premium. There's still areas in South Florida that you can get good deals on that people are not aware they're not aware of how much income they make. And an example would be like Hollywood or Hollandale Beach or different areas of South Florida that aren't like at the tip of the map right now, but they will be. And that's where they'll make really good long-term returns. What's the biggest challenge you've had in business and how did you overcome it? Or what did you learn from it? Okay, my biggest challenge would be, hmm, I would say, I would say when you're facing rejection, you just have to keep going. Like with real estate, you face it all the time. I, I haven't really had a challenge in accepting the rejection, but just know that it happens all the time and things don't always go your way. But like in any, for any realtor, or any agent, broker, it's a very tumultuous business. It's up and down, deals fall through, things go awry. So like keeping your calm and being the most calm person in the transaction is the goal because that's gonna help you maintain a business here and sustain your business. Because if not, you'll, you'll leave real estate because it is stressful. <laughs> All right, last one. What are you most excited about in 2022? What am I most excited about? I'm most excited about the opportunities that I have right now, honestly, and helping the agents that are really willing to put that effort in. Like I'm excited to continue to collaborate with the agents that have grown a lot with me. My top agent, she closed 17 deals her first year with me and she just started. So, you know, if I can continue to inspire those agents to really kill it and make the most of their time, like that's the goal and just to continue to grow the business. All right. Well, thank you for being on the show today and being the first interview in the new studio. We're still setting Woo! up. Uh, if people want to get in touch with you or learn about buying or selling a home with you or joining your team or just follow you, what are the best ways to do that? So the best way to follow me is through at Mari Juliet on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. I have a new YouTube channel coming out soon. So that's going to be more day in the life of what I'm doing day to day. A lot of people ask about reality show stuff, but I'm gonna kinda put the day to days on YouTube so you can follow me there. Um, everything is on Mari Juliet and my website is marijulietre.com and that's where you can find the Airbnbs that we currently manage and you can book through there and also get contact with me so that you can work with us. All right, well thank you for being on the show and to all of our listeners and viewers out there, thanks for tuning in. Please leave us some feedback. I'm sure for this show, it'll all be amazing. And share this with other people that you think would benefit from seeing as well. We'll see you next time.